Hi friends, thanks for being here. Before I get started with today's episode, I just wanted to let you know that I am doing a ladies self-care retreat in the beautiful Eden, Utah on October 21st and 22nd. We will be doing self-care for your mind and body and the weekend will include coaching, yoga, massages, face masks, and hand lettering, just to name a few of the fun things we'll be doing. If you or someone you know could benefit from learning powerful tools for mental and emotional wellness in a relaxed setting, please head to my website, www.lifeinspiredcoach.com and click on the link to find out more details and register. There are still some spots available and I can't wait to have you join me for this weekend of personal growth, relaxation, and new friendships. I will include the link to my website in the show notes, so please check it out and join me in a couple of weeks. Welcome to Life Inspired Coach. My name is Bethany Lewis and I'm excited to spend this time with you. I'm a family relationships life coach that loves to be inspired and I'm using this platform as a way to share some of the inspiration that has come my way. I hope it's as inspiring for you as it has been for me. I also want to let you know that coaching with me is an option. Check out my website, www.lifeinspiredcoach.com for more information about working with me and listen at the end for more details. Welcome back everybody. Today, my guest is someone that I have known since my childhood, and I distinctly remember her substituting for singing time in primary when I was a little girl, and she taught us the lyrics to the song called I Love to See the Temple, and she drew Swiss cheese on the blackboard, (laughs) because I'm pretty sure it was a blackboard, Um, and she drew Swiss cheese to help us remember the word holy, and she drew a picture of a seal to remind us of the line when we are sealed together or where we are sealed together. And she just was like cracking up at herself and laughing at her artwork the whole time. (laughs) And I don't know why that has stayed with me so strongly, but it has. (laughs) Um, I also distinctly remember her driving me to girls camp one year and I was probably 12 or 13. And she was letting some of the older girls read aloud from her journal from when she was a teenager. And everybody was cracking up because apparently there were a whole lot of cute boys and they she was melting all over the place <laughs> she would say something about this boy and oh I melted and then something about this boy and oh I melted it was awesome <laughs> um, so and she's one of the people from my home ward or congregation in Delaware um, church congregation that I've always looked up to and whose influence and example have been a major blessing in my life and whenever I think of Nancy Wynn I think of joy and fun <laughs> she is always smiling and laughing and joking and serving and she's a dedicated disciple of Jesus Christ and genuinely loves people and I'm very grateful that she's willing to let me interview her because <laughs> when I thought of interviewing her I just wanted to focus our conversation on how she manages to keep that joy and fun going despite life's challenges um, and yeah, and how that how that happens for you, Nancy. <laughs> so glad you're here. Thanks for being here. Thank you so much for inviting me, Bethany. You have always been one of my favorite people, and I I just love and adore you. And I remember standing at that chalkboard and drying the cheese and thinking, no one will believe me when I tell them this is cheese. <laughs> But I, I, you know, but I always have that, those are exactly the same thoughts, the same seal, the same cheese that I think of when I want to remember the words to that song. It must have been a profound day for both of us. I don't know. It really was. It has stayed with me all these years. (laughs) That's fantastic. Um, And yeah, so tell us, tell us a little bit about you. Where are you from? What was life like for you growing up? Um, I grew up in a lot of places. I grew up in a really fun family. Um, there were eight kids in my family. I am number five. And we lived in a lot of different places growing up. Um, my father was not a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. He was very, very devout Christian who loved his Savior and um read from the scriptures and wanted to teach his children the gospel. Um, And we were, uh, my mother was a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And so we were raised in a family where um, we had options provided for us that uh, we could, um, when I was very young, we went to church one week in dad's church and one week in mom's church. so that we all went together as a family. Um, As we grew older, um, my brother asked my parents one Sunday morning, he went 
bounding into my parents' bedroom and he said, whose church are we going to today? Mom's church or dad's church? And my dad said to him, whose church would you like to go to? And Kevin said, oh, I want to go to dad's church. And my father said, and why is that? And um, my brother said, because at dad's church, they have this really awesome nursery and we get to go in there and we play with toys and we have great refreshments. And we go to my church, we have to sit and listen about Jesus. <sighs> and uh, that, was, that was the last time we went to dad's church. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> I did that he really wanted his children to sit and listen about Jesus. And so, um, though he didn't, um, he didn't join uh, our church until they had been, my parents had been married for 27 years. So my senior year of high school, my dad uh, was baptized. Um, still, he always supported us in the gospel. And um, he just asked that we wait until we were 18 to be baptized. He wanted to make sure that we were old enough to make that decision. Mm -hmm. So um, the gospel is something that was always very important to me. I, um, I think that God in his wisdom looked at me and knew that I was just that belligerent child that if, if you put me in a family that said, and you have to be LDS, I would have said, not in your life. So you <laughs> family where they said, and you can't be LDS. And I said, oh, you watch me. I'll be the best little Mormon girl there ever was. <laughs> so, um, it was a really good place for me to grow up. And I, I've, always, I've always had a testimony of the gospel. I remember praying when I was before I was eight years old, I remember praying that I would, uh, dad would relent and that I would be able to be baptized when I was eight. And then I prayed that I would be baptized when I was nine and when I was 10. And, and um, shockingly, since he hadn't, he hadn't relented on any of the other kids, I don't know why he thought, I'm not sure why I thought he was going to say, oh yes, but Nancy, you can get baptized. <laughs> um, anyway, so I was baptized. Um, when I was when I was 17, uh, just before my brother left on a mission, um, my dad let me get baptized because I wanted Kevin to to baptize me. And so um, I was not quite 18. But anyway, we grew up, I was born in California, and we lived in Missouri, and we lived in Idaho, and we lived in Florida, and we lived in Taipei, Taiwan. And we lived in Hawaii. So we moved to a lot of different places. Um, my dad had a great and grand sense of adventure. And my mom was willing to um, go wherever with him. And I, I, I look at who I am and so much of it is from my parents. I have that, that same grand sense of adventure that my dad had. And he was a very good liar. Um, he... He could tell a story straight faced and have you believe anything. And I've also inherited that. <laughs> okay, I'll be watching out for that in his conversation today. So. <laughs> um, but um, so my, my siblings were my best friends all of my life because you always took them with you when you moved. And so I have a really close relationship with my siblings and, um, and a great love for the family that uh, the gospel can help you have no matter where you live. Um, there's always a, a family waiting there for you, waiting to welcome you. And I'm I'm so grateful for the things that my parents taught me. Um, I think that my sense of joy and always looking for the bright side of things um, came from both of my parents, but more especially from my mom. My mom was handicapped. She was a she had a sarcoma bone cancer as a child um, when she was 12 years old. And um, so she was handicapped throughout her life uh, with lots of vestiges of, of that disease. Um, but she never, she never let it slow her down. She never, she always looked for the bright side of things. And she always um, looked at ways to to find, to counter blessings and to find 
goodness in all people and to share joy with everybody find find good in every situation and so um i grew up that way and i love love life there's so much joy to find really is i love that that's so beautiful and that's amazing that your mom was willing and able to do everything that she did and go all those places with i know i know that's amazing i like your mom (laughs) i like her a lot that's so cool wow um so so tell us a little bit about your family now it's like Mm -hmm. and well actually before we get to your family currently let's talk about your husband how did you how did you meet him and how did you know that he was the one that you wanted melting your heart for all of eternity (laughs) for all of eternity um he he was uh, the next door neighbor in um, my second year of college, and um, we actually lived in the same apartment as your father just before he went on his mission. Um, they knew each other, right? I they, we knew each other, yeah. Before <laughs> before he knew your mom, I guess I don't think I don't think your parents went until after his mission, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, we we knew each other um he just came i think the freshman first semester and then he went on his mission so we didn't know each other terribly well but we were in the same and um bruce was dating my roommate um but he was he was just the kind of kid i um i had a great deal of respect for i I came out, I, I'm so glad that my parents married each other. I would never have preferred to have another dad in all the world. But I also knew that from my marriage that I, I wanted a temple marriage. I wanted a priesthood holder in my home um, because I had seen it without that. And I just, but, you know, my growing up was great. I have no complaints but I saw that it could be one step better. And so I was very determined that I wanted to be married in the temple and I wanted someone who was going to always honor his priesthood. Um, Bruce and I became good friends. He was dating my roommate, Jolene. Um, but we, his, his, we were just really good friends. So his roommates teased him all the time. They're like, what, Nancy's your weekday girlfriend and Jolene's your weekend girlfriend, you know, because uh, we, we went to campus every day. We had lunch together every day. We studied together. Yeah. It was just, and, and then on the weekends, we would be like, bye. And he would go date Jolene and I would go date whoever, you know, whoever was melting my heart that week on campus, you know. And so, um, anyway, we we just started kids starting teasing us so much that we're like, yeah, yeah, you know, he's gonna dump Jolene and he's gonna, and yes, my my daughter Jolene is named after Jolene, who he. You need dumped. to tell the story because I've heard this story and it's one of my favorite <laughs> stories of all time. Tell us how that came about. <laughs> so at Christmas time, um, he gave me a ride to las vegas um he was his parents his parents were from las vegas but and he he stopped in las vegas but then his dad was going to san diego for a business meeting and so i caught a ride to to san diego with him because that's where my parents were meeting at my grandmother's house to celebrate christmas and so um when we got to san diego and we pulled up in front of my grandmother's house we got out and um, my two little brothers, my little sister were there and Bruce, but all the other, all the other adults in the family had gone Christmas shopping. So nobody else was home. So Bruce walks in. And so my sister is um, 13 and my brother is 12 and my other brother is nine. And Bruce walks in and he says, hi, I'm your sister's fiance, Bruce. And I'm like, what? <laughs> and my sister's like, what? And he said, yeah, Nancy and I are going to get married. And I just rolled my eyes and like, okay, whatever. And we played Monopoly all afternoon with the kids. <laughs> and then he left. And so my parents got 
back from their shopping and they walk in and of course my two brothers and my sister are like Nancy's engaged Nancy's engaged and my parents are like to who she is indeed in the same guy more than once <laughs> and anyway so I I said to them oh it's a it's a boy named Bruce and he lives next door and we're not actually dating yet but we're gonna start dating in March and we'll get we'll get married in August and they're like okay whatever so I went back to school and um, my sister, Robin, who was just recently married and she and her husband were driving out to Illinois. She called me and she said, oh, we're driving through Provo. We'd like to stop and meet Bruce. And I, I said, okay. <laughs> so, so she said, you know, we'll be there in an hour. And so I went over next door the apartment I said Bruce um, my sister wants to meet you she's going to be here in an hour can you come over and he's like why does your sister want to meet me and I said well because you introduced yourself as my fiance and they think we're getting married <laughs> what you didn't tell him different I'm like I'm not the one who lied to them you're the one who started it I said, you can tell him yourself you know like <laughs> whatever so he came over and Robin and Bob came and they were talking and, and um, so we were just sitting there on the couch and um, Bob starts talking about the rings on his car or something. And Bruce says, oh, speaking of rings, Nancy, I wanted to do this in front of your sister. And he pulls out a diamond. Well, the diamond ring had, I mean, we had all tried it on. It was one of his roommates had been engaged and then she gave the ring back. So, you know, it's not like he went out and bought a diamond. It's not like, I, I just thought, oh, honey, you don't even start with me. You have no idea. <laughs> so he pulls this ring out and I said, oh, and I put it on and I gave him a hug and I said, of course, yes, yes, yes. And that was not his anticipated response. Fool, you're the, you're the one who started this. You got into it. You get yourself out of it. So, um, so he sat there and he goes, Nancy, is there something you'd like to tell your sister? And I said, nope, I can't think of anything. And he said, Nancy, uh, I'm pretty sure there's something you want to tell your sister. And I said, mm, I can't think of anything I'd like to tell my sister. Do you have something you'd like to tell her? And so mad and he goes he goes Nancy I think you need to tell your sister I said okay fine we can't wait until August we're getting married in April <laughs> and my sister Nancy could I speak to you upstairs for a minute so I leave with my sister and Bruce stands up and says to my brother-in-law I've never dated Nancy I'm not in love with Nancy I'm not engaged to Nancy I'm not marrying Nancy I'm never going to see you again. It was really nice to meet you. And then he walks out <laughs> and my sister takes me upstairs and she goes, oh my gosh, Nancy, are you pregnant? <laughs> what? <laughs> Why are you moving the wedding up till April? And I'm like, oh my gosh, no, I am not pregnant. I've never even gone out with the boy. I'm not carrying his child. <laughs> he started this he thinks it's a great joke anyway um so yeah the next time we saw them we were already married <laughs> but they they went on their way and um so then he was really mad at me which I don't understand why he was mad at me it wasn't my fault but I um I just stayed out of his way for a couple of weeks and then um he had invited Jolene to go up to Salt Lake City and meet his grandparents. And um, so she, you know, had a meeting with all the roommates. We had a powwow and she's, she's like, I don't want to meet his parents. He's his family. He's a really nice boy, but I don't see us getting married. I don't want to meet his family. So, you know, what do you think we should do? And so all of, you know, all of the roommates decided that it was the kindest thing to just, you know, not go with him. And she said, I think that's right. I don't want to, I don't want to embarrass him. And I, I don't want to see his mission slides, quite frankly. <laughs> oh, so, um, so after she made her decision, I just said to her, Hey, Jolie, um, 
are you sure you don't want to date Bruce anymore? And she said, yeah. And I said, do you care if I date him? And she said, I don't care. And I said, okay, just wait till the night before your date, before you tell him you won't go, because he'll call me and he'll ask me to go. He's not going up to Salt Lake without a girl. <laughs> and he'll ask. And so she did. And so she called him up the night before and broke it off and said she wasn't going to go with him. And sure enough, he called me up and he said, will you go up and meet my grandparents? And I'm like, sure. <laughs> they love me. And As they should. And we dated for seven weeks and got engaged in March and got married in August. <laughs> You're a prophetess as well. I am. Oh my gosh, that is so good. I have not heard that story before. That is so good. The story that I was thinking of was the one, how Jolene got her name, how that came about that you allowed. Oh yeah, that was also, yep. If we have two, <laughs> we have identical twin girls, you can name the second one Jolene. And we did. <laughs> and I love it so much. That's so amazing. But it sounds like you guys were, were great for each other right from the start. Yeah. And very different also. Sometimes my kids say, we don't know how dad married you at all because you guys are nothing like each other. He's much more serious than I. And that's good because we, I mean, two of me in a marriage would be a disaster. Like who's going to be the responsible adult in the room? Seriously, that would be a problem. Uh, Just have two of Bruce, your life is going to be so boring. So... Oh man. I want to hear more about your family, but maybe before we do that, since we're on this topic, I would love to hear um, some of your favorite, favorite pranks that you've played on your, on your very serious husband, because that's also one of the things that I always think about when I think of you <laughs> is how, how you love pranks. You did it in, at girls camp and you. Everywhere. There's always good places to, to do pranks. And the more people that you can help with them, you yes everybody has fun it's so much fun (laughs) no lots of um lots of pranks at work because he was the boss at work and so the other people couldn't pull pranks on him but oh goodness they could certainly assist (laughs) and you know I mean we had we had uh one of the security guards who Bruce promised to threatened to fire every week is like if you let that woman in this building one more time and every time he'd, he'd be like oh no sir Mr. Wynn I would never let her in he'd just bring me right in like look I'm gonna be there Tuesday night <laughs> what are some of your favorite ones that you've done I think one of my favorite ones was when we filled his office with packing peanuts my four oldest were gone from home then, but I had the three younger ones that that helped uh, fill the office with packing peanuts. And I ordered like hundreds of pounds of packing peanuts. And I got Loretta Rice to keep them in her garage for me. And she had to, she had to keep them in the garage and not tell Vern what they were for. Like <laughs> it took up a whole bay of her garage so that we could um fill up and we we went in and I took plastic I filled up his office and filled it out backwards and then put plastic in front of the door so that the whole office uh as deep as the desk all the way through was filled with those fluffy white packing peanuts and that was awesome I've also and you just left him to clean it up that's how it works yeah yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he sent me a bill at the end of the day, like ex- corporate executive hours sweeping up packing peanuts, which, you know, they had that static electricity awful. And they're, they, yes. you can't back, they like suck to the walls and everywhere around. Yeah. No, my job is to think it up and to do it. And then he has to clean it up. Um, I, see. I see how this works. I've, I've filled up his office as a ball pit one time with all sizes of balls all the way from the big exercise bouncy balls that you sit on to uh, little tiny bouncy balls um we invite children over to play in it I think that would have been a good idea oh they would have had a wonderful time a wonderful time um I did when (laughs) 
when he started working, when we started working in the temple and he would take, um, you know, six white shirts and a white suit to the cleaners down in Hokesson every week. Um, one day I told him, I, so I'm getting his stuff. And I said, oh, hey, I'm running some errands. I'll, I'll take your shirts into the cleaners for you. And I traded them out. I had purchased the same brand, the same size, six pink shirts. <laughs> and I took them into the cleaners and then let him pick up <laughs> next week. And uh, I wish I had been there for that because I just left him, you know, whatever. And then he went and picked him up and he's telling the cleaners guy, this is not my order. And the guy goes, I know every time you bring me six white shirts, you don't have pink shirts. <laughs> these are the ones your wife gave me. And Bruce is like, my wife didn't give me these, didn't give you these. I don't have pink shirts. He <laughs> brought him home. And I'm like, no, I said, I'm sure he must have just like washed him with something red or something. I, I, you've got to take those back, Bruce. <laughs> so he took them back again. And that's a funny thing. Like I, he always believes me. I would never believe anything I said. And every time he still believes me every time. You. it's so sweet it's so sweet he's like like last year we had we were going to do some redecorating and I, I got the redecorator to meet us at the the store and to tell him that joe biden had added a 50 percent redecorating tax <laughs> like if you already had a floor and you were replacing it with another floor that's a luxury because you already had a floor. And so you get a 50% tax on that and walls and doors and door handles. If it was replacing anything that was already there, that comes on, the, on your luxury. And she was, she was so cute. I had, oh my gosh, she's like, I don't think I can do this, but she had a mask on because <laughs> that helped. She's like, that's the way I could do it. And, and I had, I had, you know, I had the kids in, uh, some of my kids wrapped me out. Some of my kids I'll never let in on it. It's mostly the us, but, um, <laughs> but like, I had Nate on it. And so he called up yesterday, you know, that afternoon, he goes, dad, you'll never, what I heard on Reddit. He says, you're never going to believe it. They're adding a 50% luxury tax. And Bruce is like, I know I was just at the, <laughs> he's telling me about that. And we had him believing that for a whole year. I mean, you let these things go on for a year? For a whole year. Yeah, it was great. And then right. he's like, you what? <laughs> just, is it always for his birthday or is it just randomly? Like, is there? No, it's random. Because if you do it always the same, then they expect it. Oh my you know, God. April Fool's is, it's, a, it's an event. It's not a date. So tell us, tell us a little bit about your family as well. I, you mentioned that you have the, the twins and the younger one is named Jolene, but what, tell us. The other so we, have, we have seven kids. Uh, they are 10 years apart when, um, when Jason was 10 and Lonnie was nine and Jerem was seven and Nadie mm -hmm. was five and Jamie was 13 months old. Um, I had some gas, so I went to the hospital because I was having some bad gas, and um, they told me I was in labor. I knew I was pregnant, but I thought I had a couple more months, and so Bruce left me there. I went back home with the kids, and they were just going to see how things were, you know, work themselves out overnight, and how they worked themselves out was they did an ultrasound and found out that I was carrying twins, and she came in, and she told me and I just busted up laughing and I said that's not even funny that's not even a funny joke <laughs> <laughs> because no. you come from the perspective of expecting people to be pulling a prank on you <laughs> serious like you seriously are carrying twins and I'm like shut up and I just I just laughed I couldn't think of anything anything more delightful like how how what perfect way to finish off your family so <laughs> So we had twins and that was lovely. And we're so blessed. Our children were just the nicest children. I, I think 
God rewards ineptitude by giving you nice children so that they can just raise themselves because <laughs> that we, we did nothing to help any of them along the way. The best thing we ever did was just get out of their way. And <laughs> That's awesome. You do have amazing children. I love your children. <laughs> um, and yes. all of your kids are awesome. But I know that one of them has also been bitten by the coaching bug along with me. And that's Jolene. <laughs> um, yeah. I'd love for you to, to mention the book that she recently published, if you want to put a, a plug in for that. I would love to. It's called The Not Enough Wife. And um, it just, it, it amazes me as I look at the kids in your generation. You guys are so much smarter and you seek out and do things in a way that just impresses me so much. I mean, I feel like... <laughs> I feel like I went went along in life, you know, tra-la-la, Bruce came and said, oh, you want to get married? I'm like, yeah, sure, that's a good idea, you know, <laughs> oh, you want to have some kids? Sure, hey, yeah, let's do that, you know, I'm just like, and I, and I feel like I've done my whole life that way, and then you guys come along, and you, and you purpose, you're so purposeful in everything you do, and, and my girls just amaze me how talented they are, you, and and all of my all of my own daughters it just how you you take things and you say I want to do this I want to learn how to do this you know and each of you take what what is intriguing to you and what is important to you and you and you've found ways to be of service to other people you know Lonnie Lonnie's raised her children and she is she's literally a children's literature expert she has she can tell you good childhood literature for any age kid for any developmental state of their reading um pair it with their interests and she's she's made that um something that's important to her and she's a, she's an amazing resource for hundreds of people who who depend on her you know i've got a fourth grader who doesn't like books you know how can i what do I do with this? What do I do with this? And then, you know, I look at Christy who said, I want to have a women's conference an interfaith women's conference. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> um, I've done a, I've done a hot dog Halloween party for the neighborhood. How can I help you? <laughs> you know? just, and, and you and Jolene who are, who just have taken a life coaching classes and and said hey there's other women like me that I can help and it just is incredible to me how all of you just do amazing amazing things and 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 each in a different place um with your with your own wisdom I I look at the intentional way that you raise your children oh my goodness I look at Jamie and she's so diligent in come follow me and it's made such an amazing impact on her little family and her children and I see the way that her children respond to the gospel in this crazy world that we're asking them to live in and um you know her her 12 year old was coming home from school and and there were some boys at school that were teasing and and mocking and bullying him and and another little boy and and he hadn't mentioned it at all and and Jamie was upset about it and so she and JD pulled him aside and, and they said why you know why didn't you come to us and he goes mom I did not need to come to you these boys are crazy they know nothing I know who I am God knows who I am who else matters Oh my gosh, this child is amazing. Yes, this is, this is a product of intentional teaching of the gospel in their home. It just, it, you know, it just is so amazing to me. And, and the kids in your generation, you get it. You recognize I need to, I need to be an intentional parent, not just tra-la-la along. And I, I, I'm so proud of all of you. I think it's amazing what you've done with your lives. I'm, I'm a thousand percent supportive. I've, um, you know, I've, I've been able to be helped by all of, all of you. I get inspiration from each one of you and the things that you, 
teach and do and um, the way you help others. I think it's absolutely fabulous. And you guys are absolutely returning with honor. I think, I think you've done such a nice job. You're so sweet. And that is so beautiful. I, I, that's so awesome about all of your daughters. And I appreciate that feedback. It is helpful to hear. It's nice to hear that we're maybe doing it <laughs> a good job, but I also have been so impressed with you. Like you homeschooled your kids and when they went into school, they were like ahead of where they were supposed to be. Like you were, you were constantly serving in the, in your family and the community in like everywhere. Like that's one of the things that I think about when I think about you as well, is just like, you're so busy and always, always serving and always doing things. Um, and that's what brings joy. That serving is what brings joy. It does bring joy. That's beautiful. I love it. So how, tell us how, I mean, I know that life isn't all fun and games. So how do you maintain that joy and fun during life's challenges? Or, you know, do you set it aside for a little bit and how do you regain it? Tell me, tell me if you're comfortable sharing an experience or just a general principles, how, how you've kept that. Um, you, you can't, you, you can't really set it aside and there's there's so much joy and so much love in every situation um you just have to look for it and <laughs> so for example last tuesday a week ago today i had my knee replaced and so i <laughs> i have had better weeks um it it doesn't feel terrific um and I was laying on the bed and I'm thinking, okay, so where, where am I, where's, where's the sunshine in this day? Where, where is the joy? And I start thinking about it. And um, so last New Year's Eve, um, we brought a puppy home to Christy's house um, while her husband was at work. He was super excited about that. And they had been they had been talking about getting a puppy and they had saved the money, but it wasn't in a quick access account. And so I told her, don't worry, I'll, I'll be happy to pay for puppy. Let me just give you this credit card. And David's like, oh, thank you so much. I'm sure. <laughs> so we bring the puppy home and I immediately trip over the puppy gate and um, tear my rotator cuff. And, and we're laughing about it. And I'm like, I can't even sue you guys. It's my puppy. <laughs> I can't even sue you guys. I, I can't even sue you for damages here because even though I'm at your house and it's going to be your puppy, when I tripped, it was my own puppy. So there you go. Anyway, so um, so I had a hard time sleeping since then because every time I rolled over on my shoulder, it hurts. And I, I need to get it replaced, but my knee hurt worse than my shoulder and so I'm like I'm gonna do the knee first and I'll do the shoulder later and so um I was laying on the bed and I, all week long I every day I would say yeah but God has given me this little tender mercy and my shoulder hasn't hurt at all this week it's been amazing I have laid on this bed all week long and my shoulder hasn't hurt and so that's my, you know, that's my little, God knows that I'm here and he's taking care of me and he doesn't let my shoulder hurt. And it wasn't until Sunday <clears throat> that I was remembering that it also helped that I was on really strong narcotics. And that's probably why my shoulder <laughs> <laughs> We'll take it any way we can get it, right? <laughs> that's probably why my shoulder Because I was taking Oxycontin every two hours. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I was thinking but I wasn't going to say it was God giving me a little miracle that my shoulder didn't hurt <laughs> so you know you always look for the joy in the sunshine and things and if you have to make it a lot you know you got to make it up fine so be it <laughs> whatever I love it no it's it's great like kids kids make things they, a lot of good inspiration from comes from kids I was saying on my walls I have pictures of all the grandkids on the walls and um uh, a saying by him that says oh mama look at all the wishes and I I 
I remember a time when uh, Jamie was probably five or six and we pulled up to this, the stoplight in Hokessen. See, you grew up here, the stoplight in Hokessen. Yes, and I know what you're talking about, yes. <laughs> and they just thousands and millions of dandelions gone to seed. Uh -huh. And I, I remember sitting at that, that light and um, just thinking, oh my gosh, those stupid seeds are going to blow all over Ocasson. Like we're going to have so many dandelions next year. And I heard this little, little voice in the seat behind me and Jamie said, oh, mama, look at all the wishes. <laughs> sweetest thing oh I love that and that's kids kids do that they they are just they find the good in things I remember going to uh Diane Eckery's wedding and um my kids were singing at the wedding and um <laughs> I got out of the car to go in and Nate was four and he looked at him and he goes oh mom your hair looks really ugly <laughs> but don't worry probably nobody will laugh at you <laughs> like, thanks Nate <laughs> so encouraging <laughs> get, get that <laughs> and sing with you guys <laughs> in front of all these people they'll be they won't tell me that my hair looks really ugly. <laughs> <is> so good. <laughs> uh, yeah, lots of, and you get it from the grandchildren too. One time I got, I had, um, I had blow dried. No, I didn't blow dry. I, I put curly in my hair and then put some crimpers in it to let it dry. And I got that, got, got in with the claws still in and Haley looked at me and she goes, oh, grandma, your hair looks funny. And I said, oh, Haley, I think my hair looks beautiful. And she goes, no, there's a mirror right there, honey. Pull it down. <laughs> Just see for yourself, grandma. <laughs> you, look, you look in that mirror, your hair looks really funny. And she, she, she was not having it. Like I, I kept telling her I thought it was beautiful. And she's like, nope. <laughs> You, you take a good look in that mirror. <laughs> that is so good. Oh man, little ones are so great. Kids are great and they're they're so honest and they're they're so wonderful and you you get they always look for good things. They so, do yeah. to, to center. Oh. <laughs> like see what's important. That's so that's so true. I love that. I I love that perspective. And you managed to surround yourself with a lot of kids and grandkids so you're good you're gonna have that along all along the way here right and you you know you you do that in everything um you do that in everything i uh i was so blessed to serve in the mission as a missionary i enjoyed it so much and when one of the one of the things that happened to me that was um, hard, difficult for me to understand um, was uh, was on Jamie's 16th birthday, and just before her 16th birthday it was on the 4th of July. I got a blood clot, and I ended up going to the hospital, and I was evidently much sicker than I knew, which doesn't surprise me since I know nothing. You know, they're like, "Oh, you have a blood clot." I'm like, "Okay." <laughs> um but they were gonna have to do um it was it was between my bowels and my heart and they were gonna have to do surgery and take out part of my intestines and um do a colostomy bag and um then the the night before the surgery Jeremy and Bruce gave me a blessing and the next day uh, they did an ultrasound just before they did the surgery to make sure that the blood clot hadn't moved during the night or anything. And the doctor came back and he ran tests and tests and tests and tests and more tests and, you know, hours worth of tests. And he came in and he sat down on my bed and he said, there is no way to explain this. He said, I've run your tests, yesterday's tests and today's by my colleagues around the world. I have 
talked to colleagues overseas. I've talked to people in London. I've talked to people across this country. I've asked everybody if I misdiagnosed you yesterday because what I'm seeing today is not physically possible compared to what I saw yesterday. And he said, you have no blood clot. You have no damage. Your intestines have healed themselves and that's not something that can happen. Um, even if the intestines, even if your blood clot had dissipated, you would still have the damage that has been caused already. And I said to him, I said, um, I can tell you how that happened. I said, I had a, a blessing last night, a priesthood blessing. And um, God is the ultimate healer. And he, he said, yes, yes, he is. He is the ultimate healer. And I've been a doctor long enough to know when I see his hand. And uh, anyway, he was really just so lovely and tender. And after my healing, I, you know, I went back home and for several weeks, I was very, I was very disturbed. I felt, um, I, I felt like I didn't deserve, like we'd had, it was, it was right around the same time that Maggie Steffi passed away. It was right around the time where we had had quite a few people. There was a young mother who had died from cancer. Maggie had passed away. There was another uh, death in our small circle of friends. And I remember thinking, I don't have any more faith than they did. I don't have, I'm not more righteous than they were. There is not a reason why I was allowed to be healed. And um, I had a real, I had a really hard time struggling with that. And I've prayed a lot about it. And I, I finally came to the conclusion, um, God just let me know there's something else you need to do. And so I like, okay, you know, and I moved on with my life. And so then, you know, I'm down the road another 10 years or whatever, and we get called on this mission. And I loved being a mission mom. It was, it was the best calling of all time. It's like 250 more kids to just love on. And it was so much fun. And you get to do missionary work while you're doing it. And it was just the best. And um, we had one sister in our mission who had been struggling because her sister at home was ill. And so we've given her permission to call home on a daily basis so that she could keep in touch with what was going on and not be worried about what was going on at her house. And she came running up to me at a zone meeting and like, I, I can, I can see myself standing in the gym where she was. She came running up and she gave me a big, big hug. And she goes, Oh, sister, when they figured out what the problem was, it was a blood clot and it's all going to be worked out. And as soon as she said blood clot, my whole experience um, came back to me of why I needed to be healed. And the reason I did was so that I could be on that mission with those kids at that time. Even if I had been healed from the blood clot, but had the vestiges of you know, had to have a cholesterol bag or whatever. My life as a missionary would not have been anywhere near the same as what it was. And it was such an amazing experience. And I just felt this great sense of love and gratitude to my Heavenly Father for all of the blessings that He gives me. And in every blessing, which includes every challenge, every struggle, every heartache, there is joy in the morning. That is so beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing that. Um, I, I am certainly grateful <laughs> that you got to stick around longer. <laughs> I, I can't believe your mother didn't kill me when I let you guys color your hair orange when you were in my car. <laughs> That was you. I didn't realize that was you. Oh man, I had leopard spots on my head for. I was not gonna like try to dye it again. I was just gonna let it grow out. 
I don't know who in their right mind, who in their right mind be the Laurel advisor. <laughs> we were trying to get, who was it? We, she didn't want to, she didn't do Wednesday nights. She didn't want to come out. And I said to her, well, what do you want to do? She says, I want to stay home. I want to do here. I said, great, we'll be right over. So I gathered up all the laurels, bunch of boxes of hair dyes. We went over to your, her house. And this is not temporary stuff that's going to wash out next week. You guys looked terrible. <laughs> and you, and you looked that way for months. Months. You looked like a tiger. You had these orange I did. I definitely did. <laughs> hair i had no idea you're like how do you do it i'm like i don't know man i think you do it this way okay <laughs> yeah i if was I not if your mother would have shot me man i can't believe i did that i love um, it so much here are your 16 year old back <laughs> <laughs> here you go uh, good thing it was my mom she definitely did not <laughs> want to be mom. too upset about things <laughs> She is so sweet. And that's probably the most rebellious thing you ever did your whole teenage life under my tutelage. <laughs> it wasn't my fault then. So we could totally just- Oh, it wasn't. You could put that one entirely on me. <laughs> so funny. Oh, so good. Oh. <laughs> so many good times. And were you there for the lingerie at Girls Camp? That was when nope, I was at. I definitely oh. missed that one. <laughs> but now you have to tell me what that was. Oh no, we just, we stopped at the Goodwill on the way to girls camp and we bought up every pair, every thing in their lingerie section. And then during the night, we went out and hung a clothesline outside the stake leaders camp and just hung the laundry up to dry. I don't know what the big deal was. It wasn't, wasn't any of their laundry. I'm sorry, it happened to be right by their cabin, but I, anyway. The state camp director was not happy with me. And as a leader, she forbade me to come back to camp. <laughs> she told me I wasn't invited to camp anymore. You were banned from girls camp. I was banned from girls camp. And then it was really funny because then I was made the temple matron and, <laughs> and I got to interview her and she had to work for me. <laughs> and I'm sure she's like, the church is not true. If that woman is a temple matron, the church is not true. <laughs> that is so good. Oh, man. <laughs> good times. <laughs> time. All right. Okay. So I have two more questions for you. Um, gonna... <laughs> what, what advice would you give to your um, kids or former missionaries or former young women to help us keep perspective and find joy in our journeys in this crazy world? <laughs> Uh, lower your standards, <laughs> not your eternal standards, lower, like really, who cares if you have dust buddies under your bed? Really, who cares if your kid has a snotty nose? He's got, he's got sleeves, you know? <laughs> Mine use them a lot. Yeah, they, you know, there's just it, it, so many things that we think are so important don't matter at all. It doesn't matter at all. One of the stories that Lacey Selden tells about me, I signed up to take her dinner, you know, when she, I don't know, she was sick, something, whatever. And then life came and I stopped at the Acme store and picked up a gallon of milk and three boxes of cereal and some Pop-Tarts. And I stopped and dropped them off at her house. And I said, here's dinner, you know? <laughs> and there are a lot of women would just berate themselves for that. And she's like, it was my favorite dinner ever. Nobody said, I don't like me low. <laughs> <laughs> All the kids were so happy, I'm sure. <laughs> and I did, you know, I bought Cocoa Puffs and something that your mother never buys. Lucky charm, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> Captain Crunch, things <laughs> never, ever get. And, and like yeah, everyone was happy everybody ate it and, and, and I didn't have to fix it you know and that's of all worlds <laughs> it, it is you just like there's so many things that you think are really important and they're really not mm -hmm. it, it really doesn't matter yeah go go over and sit and visit your grandma and if your kids don't look their best or fight with each other oh well she'll know they're real
and <laughs> and she will love that you came and chatted with her that day you know the there just don't be so hard on yourself take time to do things that matter I don't have a lot of regrets growing up but one thing that I really feel sad about was the the last year before the summer before I got married when I got married that August um my parents had lived in Texas that year my dad had been on sabbatical and so when I was getting out of school at BYU they were still in school so that I would have finished in April and but they had to go to school till June and then they were gonna um travel around the mainland before they flew back to Hawaii and so they were going to be here and there and if I went uh home home for the summer home was where every family was so if I had gone to Texas for the summer I wouldn't have really had a job um and I I was pretty sure that it was important that I saved money that last summer before we got married and so I went home with Bruce and I got a reliable, responsible job and I saved up all my money. And it was the worst summer ever because I didn't want to be making my wedding dress by myself. I wanted to be in the car with my brothers and sisters and eating at McDonald's and traveling through Texas in a car that doesn't have air conditioner and all the other fun things that we did on family vacations, you know? And um, so I never, I think it's really important to, I think time with your family is always an important thing to do. And, and okay, if you didn't save $200 your year before you got married, you're going to be dirt poor, whether you do, don't, it's not, you're going to be poor when you're married. Just FYI. We're all poor when we get married. <laughs> Focus on the things that matter. Yeah, that's good. That's so good. I thank you. Um, all right. And then the final question. I think you've shared a bunch of things that are that do this for you, but I and anything else, I want to hear what what inspires you or helps you to live an inspired life. I am inspired by everybody. I I it was just nobody. There's nobody you can't learn from. Uh, we have this cute little older sister who joined the church and she lives in a nursing home and she's like 115 or something. I don't know. She's so old <laughs> and she comes to church. And if there's a really good talk, she claps at the end. <laughs> I love it so cute and when when my granddaughters get up to play violin or something she'll nudge your neighbor oh these guys are really good you should have heard them last month you know <laughs> she's so darling she just she cheers and she claps and you know i get inspiration from her i get inspiration from brooklyn brooklyn is my six-year-old granddaughter last she's Jamie's six-year-old and she is Jamie all over again it's so <laughs> cute um and last year when she turned six in September <clears throat> she was still wetting her pants on a regular daily basis not not a little not a little moisture in your panties like look your mother in the face straight in the face dead in the eye and drain your bladder you know <laughs> that kind of wet <laughs> and, and Jamie said to her on her sixth birthday that Jamie who is gonna be sainted for not killing the child before <laughs> which I might have done um she said you know Brooklyn if you can stay dry clear from your sixth birthday until your seventh birthday we can go to Disney World and Brooklyn says can I pick who comes with me? <laughs> Jamie says, yes, you can bring anybody you want. <laughs> you can do anything. And uh, so, so Brooklyn called me up and invited me to go to Disney World. Girlfriend has been dry every day for an entire year. Her birthday is next week. And we are going to Disney World on crutches with my <laughs> knee in a wheelchair, whatever. We're going to Disney World because Brooklyn's been dry. I mean, that is, is that not inspirational? That is inspirational. <laughs> she knew what she wants. 
she got it. She got it. <laughs> Disney World with Grandma. I can't think of anything better. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. The trick is going to be if on her seventh birthday, she says, oh, now for my eighth birthday. <laughs> yes. <laughs> they dry again. <laughs> yes, I'm going to do this again. That's amazing. <laughs> no, I just, um, I, you just, there's, there's inspiration from everybody. I'm always, I'm always amazed at the things you can learn from people. Everybody, everybody, everybody. Yes, that's so good. There's a quote that I really love. I'm going to, I don't even know who it's by, but it says, um, there's no, there's nobody you can't love once you've heard their story or something like that. And, and I think it's kind of a similar vein there. Like there's nothing you can't be inspired by. <laughs> like nobody, you can't learn something from um, yeah. when you get to know them or, and you don't even have to know them, right? You just see them, see beautiful yeah. acts of kindness. But yeah, that's, I love that. Um, one of my one of my favorite quotes is enthusiasm can compensate for a multitude of other deficiencies. And so I just try to be super enthusiastic every day. And because I have multitude of other deficiencies. <laughs> That's fantastic. Well, this, that is that is a good inspirational quote, I think, to, to leave us off. Thank you so much. Thank you for talking to me. It was super fun to chat with you, Bethany. It was so fun. So much. I love you too. Thank you so, so much. Thank you so much for being here. I hope the things that have been shared have been helpful and inspiring. If you like what you've heard, please hit subscribe and share this with your friends. And if you're listening on a podcast app, please rate and review so that others can find this content more easily as well. If you're listening on YouTube, go ahead and throw a comment down below about what inspired you from this conversation. And please remember that I do coaching and would love to help you or someone you love to work through whatever challenges you're facing. My specialty is in family relationships. I love helping to strengthen families one challenging relationship at a time. Honestly, you can completely change your relationship with someone without having to change them at all. It is the most wonderful and liberating experience to realize you are free from the weight of judgment and negative feelings you've been enduring. So please hit me up if you want to fix a difficult relationship in your life. Visit my website, www.lifeinspiredcoach.com to read testimonials, find out more about coaching, and contact me if you'd like to be coached. Thanks again. See you next time and keep seeking an inspired life.